It's Sunday, it's seven o'clock, and time for the Scots Whitty Show.
that's a great way to kick off the show. That's Jerry Rafferty and Get It Right Next Time from the superb Night Owl album. Welcome to the Scotswahe Show on Cam Glen Radio, the perfect way to wind down your weekend. My name is Ali Braidwood and for the next couple of hours I'll be playing you the very best Scottish music, both old but mainly brand new. There are also all of the regular features. Our artist of the week are Spare Snare and I'll be talking to Jan Burnett from the band as well as playing a couple of tracks from their album The Brutal. Our featured album for this week is Neve's Catherine and I'll play a couple of tracks from it. Plus we've got book, TV, podcast and gig suggestions for you to consider. But each week we kick the show off properly with three of the best new releases and this week we begin with the latest release from Martha May and the Mondays and it's called Australia. Still don't want me like I wish 
if we're going in the ground tonight, I guess you should pick the flowers. I'll bring the candlelight. It was really, really almost right, and I'll bet. But it all could be different, maybe in another life. Stared at the ceiling, waiting to feel it light about the pulse and beating coming from my chest. I failed an acid test, flat line. But maybe it could all be different in another life.
and the first of those three new releases was Australia by Martha May and the Mondays. And Martha May and the Mondays is the work of queer Glasgow-based musician Martha Mackay, who was formerly a member of the Pretty Preachers Club, who were a fantastic band, but that's a brilliant single, absolutely. Then you heard Nathan Samevi and Vanessa, which is taken from Nathan's new EP, Brave. And Nathan's going to be on the show in a few weeks' time as our Artist of the Week, when I'll have a chat with him and I'll play you more tracks from Brave. And just there you heard The Quilter and You Should Pick The Flowers, the second single from The Quilter of this year. And The Quilter is Glaswegian Stuart Duggan, who will be releasing an EP, The Winter's End, on Friday the 2nd of June this year. Looking forward to hearing the rest of the EP. We're going to continue with the new music now, but it's the return of some old favourites. This is the new single from the Mickey Nines, and it's called At Home, He's a Tourist. Good to have them back. That is the mighty Mickey Nines, and at home he's a tourist. And it's taken from their fourth album, which is going to come out later in the year. But they're doing a short tour. 
They're going to be at McCart's in Gala Shields on the 12th of May. They're going to be at King Tut's Wawa Hut in Glasgow on the 19th. And later in the year, in July, they're going to be at the Kelburn Garden Party in Largs. That's the 1st of July. Now it's time for our book recommendation and this week it is Angus Peter Campbell's Electricity which is published by Lewis and here's a bit from the back of the book to tell you what's going on or a bit more about what's going on. In pencil written and drawing spattered notebooks intended for her Australian granddaughter, an elderly woman now in Edinburgh remembers and relives her Hebridean childhood. The community thus created is one where modernity, its emblem the electricity of Angus Peter Campbell's title, collides and overlaps with all sorts of linguistic, cultural and other continuities. But this is no sentimental or elegiac excursion into a long-gone past. What's evoked here is a powerful sense of what it was and is to grow up amid family neighbours and surroundings of a sort providing, for the most part, both security and happiness. And it's an absolutely gorgeous book. It is so beautifully written. I'm going to read you some of my review of it, which you can find in the latest Snack magazine. Sometimes it's the way the story is told rather than the story itself which takes the breath away. Angus Peter Campbell's new novel Electricity is such a book, examining the everyday and giving it significance through his beautiful writing. Annie is our narrator who, through a series of pencil-written and illustrated notebooks which she is to bequeath to her granddaughter Emily, reminisces about growing up on the Hebrides and the changes on the islands which were the backdrop. Those early years are achingly evocative, a time when simple pleasures such as making friends, learning to ride bikes, forming secret clubs, receiving unforgettable Christmas presents and summers which would never end are taken as read as she knows no different. It's only with reflection that their true value is revealed. The electricity of the title not only refers to the new technology and invention coming to the islands, but to the sparks and spontaneity which accompany youth, a time when everything is keenly felt. Annie's sketches are scattered throughout to accompany and enhance the text, and have been recreated by the artist Lindsay Campbell, who is Angus Peter Campbell's wife. This feels appropriate as electricity is about family as much as it is community. Their daughter Kirsty also contributes. It's a wonderful and warm read that will raise spirits and gladden the heart and which is a reminder that there is no such thing as an ordinary life. Every single one is extraordinary. When it comes to writing, Angus Peter Campbell is a true craftsman and electricity is storytelling at its finest. That's me talking about Angus Peter Campbell's novel Electricity, which is available now and it's published by Lewis Press. Back to the new releases now, and this is the latest from IC Islands, and it's called Crossfire. Oh 
And that was Joe Kane's Radiophonic Tuck Shop and Jennifer and Lucifer, taken from 2018's Radiophonic Tuck Shop album. And before that, you heard the latest release from IC Islands called Crossfire, which is released along with another single called Give Me The Key. And they're released ahead of IC Ireland's new album, Awake in Different Places, which apparently was mixed by top musician himself, Lomond Campbell. I can't wait to hear the full album, Awake in Different Places, when it comes out. I'll be sure to play you something else from it when it is. And now we move to Ali's Comfort Break, that time in the show where we play you a track longer than those usually played on the radio. And this week it is something brand new. It's from Postcode Prom Queen, their new album, Music for First Contact. And this is the full 7 minutes and 34 seconds of I See No Gods up here.
And if you think that's impressive, the whole album is quite astonishing. That was Postcode Prom Queen and I See No Gods Up Here, featuring the incredible voice of soprano Stephanie Lamprea. The album it's taken from is called Music for First Contact and it's out now. And that was Ali's Comfort Break for this week. Now we move to TV. It's our TV suggestion for the week. And how you view it is really going to depend on how you view Frankie Boyle. Because in the week of the coronation, it's Frankie Boyle's Farewell to the Monarchy, which is on all four at the moment to catch up with. Here's a brief summary. The comedian takes a look back at the darker side of the royal family's 1,000-year history and wonders how generations of land-grabbing, child-murdering, wife-beheading, slave-trading, misogyny, violence and empire-building have shaped our royal family today. Frankie looks back to the reigns of six key monarchs who not only had huge influence in their day but still live long in our collective memory and finds troubling connections between the grim past and the present. It's an hour-long show and I think that's kind of the problem with it. I really enjoyed it. I like Frankie Boyle's stuff, but it's neither one thing or the other. You know, this could have been six half-hour, I think, pieces rather than cramming it all into one hour. Having said that, I really enjoyed it. And if you like Frankie Boyle, I'm sure you will as well. And if you don't like Frankie Boyle, then anything I'm going to say is not going to get you to watch it, I'm sure. We return to the new music now. This is new from The Lonely Together and it's Don't Ask, Don't Get.
And that was The Lonely Together and Don't Ask, Don't Get. And I'm trying to rack my brains as to who singer Mike Bailey reminds me of. I think it's Ricky Ross. I think that's who it is. Now we move on to our featured album of the week. And it's by Neve and it's called Catherine. It's a gorgeous record. And from it, this is I Can Be. Oh, 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 oh. 
And that was Neve and I Can Be, which is taken from her new album, Catherine. I'll play another track from it later in the show. Now, it's another welcome return, very welcome return. It's that of the Hedrons who are back, their new single, Heartache. That was The Hedrons and Heartache, which is a new release from them. I said it's their return. They actually had a slight return last year when their debut album was released on Past Night from Glasgow for the first time on vinyl. But that, I believe, is a brand new song and a brand new single, and it's a cracker. Now we move on to our Artist of the Week, who are Spare Snare, and in a moment I'll be talking to Jan burn it from the band but that's after you've heard have a go
And you've just heard Have A Go by Spare Snare, taken from their new album, The Brutal. And I'm delighted to be joined by Jan Burnett now. Hello, Jan. Hello, Alistair. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. The first question I have for you is, is the title simply The Brutal or is it The Brutal Spare Snare? Because I've seen both. Ah, well, you can make make your mind up. Um, Yeah, officially The Brutal. But yeah, I'm a bit of a sucker for... Pet Shop Boy titles where they always you can have it as Pet Shop Boys Please or Pet Shop Boys Actually. Yeah, so there's, there's probably a wee nod to that in, <laughs> in some way, but officially it's uh, just the brutal. Yeah. And what can you <laughs> tell us about it and the songs on it? Um, it's the first time since the first album. So we're, this is our this is our twelfth album. It's the first time since our first album that we've actually 
record, um, rehearsed and written everything before we recorded it. Normally, we record um, usually instrumentals and lots and lots of kind of jamming stuff, and then it all gets cut up and then made into choruses and verses, um, usually by me. And 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 then when we then we have to deconstruct them to then play live. Whereas this time we made a point of recording, uh, sorry, rehearsing and writing thoroughly over a year um, because we knew Steve Albini was going to be recording it. And we, for the, the second time we've used him or worked with him. And you can't be under-rehearsed for him. You, you know, you, and you have him for a finite time, you're paying for him. So you want to use him as much as you can and... and have us totally down. So I mean, it, yeah, there was, there was a lot of. Um, we, we probably ended up with like thirteen or fourteen tracks at, uh, over over six months. Cut them down to ten. Re rewrote or rearranged quite a lot. Um, certainly in terms of words and stuff, I, I cut out lots of words and kind of made made a point of every word actually counting. I suppose. Um, and that way, over you know, after six or seven months, then we knew which ones we were really kind of to nail down for rehearsing. Then we took them to the studio, and we recorded in Leith at um, Post Electric, which is Rod Jones's studio in Leith. Mm-hmm. Um, Rod kindly um, agreed to be assistant engineer. <laughs> He's very much a producer himself, so that was a bit strange, but it was lovely. And uh, yeah, and a good week was had just getting it done. Um, I uh, was on your Bandcamp site earlier on uh, today, and okay. it is, I mean, some of them, some of your packages, which are T-shirt and vinyl packages, are already sold out. So it must be doing well. Yeah. I mean, I was on, I only allocated myself so many um, to do just because I want to sell as many as I can through the shops as well. Um, yeah, but um, no, we've got a, a real core fan base uh, through Bandcamp that, you know, they, I, I, I probably spam them too much with stuff, <laughs> but I like them to keep, keep, I like them to know, I'd rather they knew than uh, they didn't. Um, so, you know, if, if something, a surprise comes up in terms of a gig or whatever, I'd rather let them know than not let them know. So, apologies in advance for um, the spamming. But, yeah, no, um, it was nice to do bundles. Um, people seem to like the bundles because um, I, exclusive and yeah it's it's a good way of because what they're what they don't realize is you know they're doing a pre-order so they'll get their record they'll get their cd or they'll get their t-shirt or whatever along with it but actually they're they're funding the tour by paying the petrol so (laughs) so it it helps as well you know yeah it all all self-generates so So if they want to see you play live they're gonna go (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I should I probably should have done some kind of uh, yeah bundle and you get a ticket. But um, we're actually using quite a lot of different promoters for this tour, so that would have been a bit of a minefield to kind of um, organise. But um, yeah, maybe for the next one, if we have one one kind of overall umbrella promoter, then that would be an option. Actually, we could do something like that. Because you mentioned before we started recording that you're going to do a short tour of England and then come back up the road and do some Scottish dates, which I'll let people know where after the interview goes out. Yeah, yeah. Course, are you yeah. looking forward to that? Are you looking forward to playing live again? Yeah, yeah, because we, I mean, I think people, I don't know, people don't realise we don't actually play 
very often at all because we all have real jobs. Um, so we did a couple of gigs in September as a kind of warm ups for this for recording, which kind of worked, kind of didn't work because one of us got COVID, so we couldn't actually play them all live as as planned to record. But actually, it probably suited us in terms of um, getting an audience reaction on songs we didn't actually expect to get an audience reaction on. <laughs> I was like, okay, that one. People seem to like that one. That's good. Tick. Um, so so no, it did work, but. Um, yeah, we hardly play live um, because of real life. Um, and we'd love to play loads. Um, we'd love to do festivals. We'd love to do, but it's just, you know, we don't have an agent. So if there's any agents wanting to uh, hook up with me, then yeah, please do. Um, but no, it's, it's it, no, it's just, it's just really down to real life. So I'd rather, I'd rather, have the opportunity to record and do another record and if we can play live around it then great but you know it, recording takes a week and a bit out of out of your holiday schedule as well of your, of your year you know so it's it, it's quite a commitment for the rest of the band maybe less for, for me because it's you know it, it feels like it's I'm kind of the leading of it all but um, and everyone's committed to doing at least a week of uh, touring down south and then Maybe something later in the year, and certainly something next year's planned as well. So it was, yeah, it's great. It's great. That everyone wants to because we know it's a great record. Yeah, <laughs> it's unusual for me to say that, but um, no, occasionally you have to kind of blow your own trumpet, and no, we know it's a great record. Um, I'll, really I'll, I'll help blow your trumpet because I've heard it as well, and it is a great record. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but no, we no, we made a point of it. Um, you know, there, there was a couple of tracks that maybe we could have gone on it that that we, we chucked straight away. I was like, you know, that's just uh, there's a bit of a feel for that as well. So no, I'm really chuffed with the album. And if, if nothing else ever came out, that'd be a great album to kind of end on. I think um, it's yeah. But no, come and see us live because we're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned earlier it's the second album you've made with uh, Steve Albini. How did yeah. that come about, and why does he think it works? Why have you done it again? Um, yeah, well, he's he's lovely. He's he's, he's going, we we have a similar kind of we're similar ages, I suppose. He's maybe a year or so older than us, but similar kind of outlook and similar kind of. Um, uh, Stupid sense of humour as well, actually, I suppose. Um, but originally started with... Um, so I live in Glasgow and the rest of the band are pretty much based in Dundee. Um, so I'd go up uh, to rehearse. Uh, I think we were rehearsing for a gig. And actually, it was, uh, a friend had sent sort of some written-down interview questions, which I was answering on, just like typing in on, on the train going up to Dundee. And one of the questions was, what would you, who would you like? No, what the question was, uh, what have you never been asked? And what's the question? And the question was, well, and my question was, no one's ever asked who I'd like to record us. And Albini was on the list, along with Brian Eno and Dennis Ball. Right. And I was on the train up to Dundee, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to email Steve Albini from the train. Because um, he's got a studio in Chicago, why not? So I did. And uh, it was obviously filters, so I got a filter which was uh, his um, kind of PA who looks after the studio and stuff. And uh, 
after two or three interviews, uh, two or three um, emails, uh, Steve Albini chips in on the emails, obviously reading them, going, "Well, if it's sparse now, I know from the nineties, I'd love to work with you." Wow. So I could I could turn up at the rehearsal to the guys going, "Look what I've got!" <laughs> and then we had to work out how do we pay for them. Um, so had, had a bit of a chat, you know, was, and well, ultimately what happened was I went to Creative Scotland with the idea of. Um, training 10 Scottish engineers with Albini for a day and the rest of the week we get to record with them. And that worked perfectly. Um, we did that at Chem 19, the um, Chemical Underground Studio in Blantyre. Um, worked really well. We got to know him. And that with that, we did sounds, which was re-record, 10 re-recordings of tracks that I kind of thought would suit his kind of style of recording um, for, from, at that time, 10 albums or whatever, you know. Um, so it was some, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, you know. And, um, and I wanted to do it that way rather than doing a brand new album because if we had the chance to work with him and we didn't get on or we didn't have the time to lead up to actually write the songs properly, I was really worried that we'd get a not very good album. Yeah, well, I'd rather do it that, and actually, it seemed to work um, pretty well. People, people were really responsive to it, and it kind of gave us a bit of a new lease of life as well. To be honest, I think. Um, and then, then the hardest bit was actually going back to him to, to ask if he'd like to do it again, <laughs> because I didn't know if he'd say yes or not. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I did. I sent it. Sent an email as you do, and uh, he went, "Yeah, why not? Let's do it." So that was that, and he said it again as well. So if we want to do a third album with him, he'd he'd be happy to. So that's good. Can't afford him a third time, but we'll we'll, we'll, wait. <laughs> we'll wait and see. And you know, you mentioned there that you've been around uh, since the nineties. Can you give us a little history of the band, a little potted history of Spare Snare? We potted history would be. Um, I always wanted to make a seven-inch single, so I made a seven-inch single, a one-sided seven-inch single by the White Leather Club. Have you ever heard that? No, I don't have. No, check it out. It's on Bandcamp. It's terrible. And <laughs> <laughs> it's basically me doing a really bad kind of rap thing over a Jimmy Shan track. Well, I'm definitely checking um, that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so it's the White Leather Club, and it's called Shandy on the Rocks. And although, it, and, and, well, I think it was Melody Maker reviewed it saying rebuild Hadrian's Wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great review. That was a great review. I was really chuffed with that. But what it, what it did mean, it, was, it, gave, it gave me the pro to show me the process on how to make a record, cutting it, all that kind of stuff. And also, I built up a bit of a, you know, before internet, obviously, I built, built up a bit of a catalogue of labels that I liked in America and label you no know, a mailing list of uh, things. So when I sent yes, I sent some white leather club singles and you know it was, it was all kind of bartering and swapping at that time. It wasn't you weren't selling records. It was just like, you know, I'll send you ten records and you'd send me ten back and it was going like, you'd then get labels and uh, nah, good times. Anyway, um when postage was cheap. Then um from that kind of bartering and swapping records and stuff, I found a label called um, Perspective based in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. 
who released a whole load of kind of great garbage singles in the nineties. Um, and when the first Spear Snare single happened, uh, which was just me on a four track, double sided, painted sleeve, all the usual kind of stuff, um, I sent it out to. I, I made a hundred. No, I made a hundred and. I made 100, they actually pressed 110, right? So you had 10x, woo, uh, which I think I had to pay for, okay. Um, sent them to John Peel, sent them to everywhere. John Peel sent me a postcard, no, phoned me actually, and uh, say really record, I think I got a postcard from him as well. Sent them, sent them a label in, in Minneapolis, and Minneapolis label said, this is great, we'd like to release it. Okay, brilliant. So they did their own slightly different mix of it and uh, their own sleeve and stuff. Uh, and then they did a second single, again, just me on a four track. Then they came to me saying, so I'd really like you to come over and play live. And I was like, well, there's no band. So <laughs> so I created a, created a band. It sounds, it sounds like some kind of pop idol thing, but uh, created a band uh, with friends... Um, Paul, who played guitar, Paul Esposito, who played guitar, um, uh, Alan Cormack, who played uh, bass, still in the band, is playing guitar with us at the moment, and Barry Gibson, who's playing drums and plays a bit of bass, playing drums with us at the moment still, still around, still work, you know, key, key members of the band. Anyway, so there's four of us, and we did six gigs in Scotland, learning tunes, and then we went to America and did another six gigs. Um, so we went, we landed totally on a budget, landed in New York with guitars in hand. Um, no worry, no, terrified about customs and all that kind of stuff because had no permits. Um, got through okay. Got a Greyhound bus from New York to Minneapolis. Now, if you know how big America is, that's quite a journey. Um, then went from, then we, hired a sort of a sparse big kind of car thing, played Minneapolis and then worked our way back to New York and ended up at New York playing the CMJ Festival, uh, which I believe is coming back again as a sort of a seminar, it's like College Music Journal um, Festival in New York. And at that gig, we were so tired, but <laughs> at that gig, um, Steve Lamack and Tony Smith, who had started a label called Deceptive, had come to see us and offered us a publishing deal at that gig. So that was how we could afford to do the first album properly, buy an eight track and pay for the first album on my own label, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's that's how that happened. So it wasn't, it wasn't big, no big money deals or anything, but it was just enough to, just enough to carry on really, you know, and, and do it. And ever since then, we've never had any kind of, publishing deal well we, I was wise enough at the time because the uh, their publishing was through EMI um, that's where they got their funding from and that was a bit of a weird one it was like going to a big lawyers and all that kind of stuff the the publishing deal was for 25 years and I said well if you can half that we'll sign it and they did so it meant that it's any kind of publishing not that it was not that amount of money or anything but in terms of ownership I'm, I'm really keen on owning everything um and it's funny because the, the model of how you sell records now is very much that way <laughs> so 20, 25 30 years earlier 
was kind of that model of um, owning your own thing, doing it on Bandcamp or doing it and licensing, which is what I was doing 30 years ago. The story about putting the band together almost sounds like the commitments. You know, we've got to get the band together before yeah. we have any Apple. Not, 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 not as Bonnie as the cores, but yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I do love the album. I've been playing it this week. And so all the best for that and all the best with the gig as well. Thank you. Cheers, Alison. Appreciate that. And this is the almost title track from The Brutal. This is Spare Snare and Brutal.
and that was Spare Snare and Brutal, taken from the album The Brutal Spare Snare, if you like. And thanks again to Jan for taking the time to talk to me. It was great catching up with him. And as promised, here are the live dates for the Spare Snare tour. On the 8th of May, they'll be in North Shields at the Engine Room. On the 9th, they'll be in Sheffield at Sydney and Matilda. On the 10th, they'll be in Leeds at Wharf Chambers. On Thursday the 11th, they'll be in Trowbridge at The Pump. Friday the 12th, they'll be in Brighton as part of the Great Escape Festival. On Saturday the 13th of May, they'll be in London at Stoke Newington at The Waiting Room. And they're back in Scotland, back in Dundee as well, on Saturday the 20th of May at The Beat Generator. On Friday the 26th of May, they'll be in Leith at the Leith Depot as part of the Veteran Sea Club Night. And on Saturday the 24th of June, they'll be in Glasgow at the Huggin Pint, where I'm hoping to catch them myself. You're listening to the Scots Wahey Show on Cam Glen Radio, and my name is Ali Braidwood. And it's back to the new releases. This is Dundee's School of Paris and Loitering.
And that was Air in the Lungs and Comfort of the Stars, which is taken from the album of the same name, which is out now with Last Night from Glasgow. It's a fantastic album. And before that, you heard School of Paris and Loitering, uh, which is the debut from School of Paris, but they've got their second single, Light Glass, coming soon. Now it's time for our podcast suggestion for this week, and it's called An Eye for a Killing. And it's about a subject I thought I knew well, but wrongly. Here's a bit of blurb about it from the website. Welcome to hell. 
the true story of Scotland's notorious serial killers Burke and Hare. In his prison cell, William Burke confesses to a journalist that he took part in 16 murders in the space of 10 months. Jamie Wilson, a young boy living by his wits on the streets of Edinburgh, is one of the victims murdered by Burke and Hare. Neither man is charged with his death, but Jamie's relatives continue to seek justice. In the witness box at the High Court, Hare's wife Margaret also accuses Burke of killing Maggie Doherty, who had travelled from Ireland to Edinburgh in search of her son. A powerful five-part drama documentary series from BBC Radio 4 with bonus scenes on BBC Sounds, which I didn't know. I must go and check it out. I've listened to the first couple and it's terrific. It's a real mix of drama and history. There's a lot of historians who have written about Birkin here, there, but there's also well-kent voices, as opposed from the likes of Gavin Mitchell, Stuart Macquarie, Maureen Carr and more. It's called An Eye for a Killing. It's all up on BBC Sounds, but you can also get it wherever you get your podcasts from. Next up, it's a new band to me, but this is their first single and it sounds fantastic. This is Never Fine and Silhouettes.
and that was Never Fine and their debut silhouettes. And as debuts go, that's pretty good. Now we move back to our featured album for this week, which is by Neve. It's called Catherine, and from it, this is Out of the Blue. My first step was empathy And my second was rage I knew things weren't gonna make sense much those days Your first step was desperation And your second was shame You knew things weren't gonna make sense much those days But I know you like you know me It's impossible to lose There's some pain here but also some healing And it's the healing we'll choose
that was Neve and Out of the Blue, taken from her new album, Catherine. And over on Neve's Bandcamp page, it says, Neve writes beautiful songs that will stay with you. Wow, that is an understatement. The album is absolutely gorgeous. I should also say, the cover of the album is absolutely gorgeous. It could easily be framed and hung on your wall. And I believe it was painted by Neve's granny. Yeah, I cannot recommend this album highly enough to you. If you've liked the two songs that we played on the show, you're just going to love it. Now it's time for our pick of the gigs for the week ahead. And tonight at Blue Dog in Glasgow, former artist of the week, Tom Maguire and the Brassholes will be in town. That's about to be a great night. Then jumping to Thursday, uh, May the 11th at the Glad Cafe in Glasgow, Prog Rockers Long Earth will be supported by Micah Sagert and If you're going to see Long Earth, get down early for Micah because she's a fantastic musician. The next three are all on the same day, Friday the 12th, just in different cities. And at St Luke's in Glasgow, the Irish folk band, the Lion Band, will be supported by Michael McGovern, who is great live. So if you're going to that, get down there early to catch him. On the same night in the Lemon Tree in Aberdeen, there's the excellent Elephant Sessions who will be taken to the stage. And again on Friday the 12th, but this time in Edinburgh, Siobhan Wilson, supported by the excellent Colour Theory, is at the Travis Theatre, which will be a wonderful night of music, a great venue anyway, but to see Siobhan Wilson and Colour Theory there will be magical. And that's our pick of the gigs for this week. Now before we go, I'm hoping we can stick two very different tracks in for you both new releases first up this is tina sandwich and sick girl who's that girl from the city who dragged you by the neck and showed you the world who's that girl
first there you heard Sick Girl by Tina Sandwich, the brilliant Tina Sandwich, who describes her music as a circus of thunder and theatrics, combining classic rockisms with all the romp and pomp of synthesised pop. What a brilliant summary. And just there, that was JKL Duo and Britain Fantasy on Ye Jacobites. And it's taken from their album, The International Poet. Here's a bit more about that. The International Poet is a melting pot of creativity, presenting Robert Burns as you've never heard them before. In this project, the JKL Duo got together a group of first-class musicians to imagine that Burns himself had asked them to collaborate with him. Breathing new life into well-known melodies, merging cultural musical identities with that of Scotland's and creating something new out of something old and much loved. Showing what can be done if you embrace the new whilst keeping the old in your heart. And I've been lucky enough to hear the full album and it's stunning. And that's all folks for another week. You've been listening to the Scots Wahey Show on Cam Glen Radio and I've been Ali Braidwood. And if you missed any of the show or would like to listen again, head over to camglenradio.org forward slash listen again or you can go to scotswahey.com where all the old shows and podcasts and reviews and other stuff. The great new podcast with the poet Niall O'Gallagher. I highly recommend you go and check that out. And I hope you can join me next Sunday between 7 and 9pm to do it all over again. I'm going to leave you with one of the best songs on Texas's debut album, Southside. This is Say A Prayer. Take care, have a great week, and I'll see you soon. That's all I want you to know That I'll never turn my back on you And leave you out there on the road I could never hide my feelings I could never let you fall And I want you to remember